Welcome to the Digital Rapport Podcast, where you discover how to connect, influence, and persuade in the digital age. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Digital Rapport Podcast. I'm your host, Jatinda Palahar. Today, I'm doing my first podcast on my new equipment, and uh, it's funky. I'm excited, so I get to test this out and do a podcast at the same time. Today, I'm going to be talking about automation versus that personalization with your customers and clients. This is an interesting one because when you first start off in business and you have your clients, you're very uh, one-to-one and personable, 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 is that right? Personable with your clients. You meet them, you talk to them, you connect with them, you have conversations with them, you go kind of above and beyond and uh, provide a service where they do get that kind of allocated time for helping them out with different situation scenarios. Now, this is something that's easy to do when you first start off. But over time, as you get more and more customers, this can become very difficult because you've got lots and lots of people that you need to manage. So if you're giving your time away to all the different customers that you have, it starts to become a bit of a drain uh, on a re- on your resources, on your own actual time. And the way you help your customers and services can decline as well. In most cases, it's not even a decline. It's most cases, it's just being not able to get back to them on time. And the longer you've had your customers, the, the more loyal they are, the more kind of forgiving they can be because they understand. What I've noticed is that if you actually just keep it sweet and you know share with them what's going on with you, where you are with things, they tend to be understanding and, you know, they know you're going to look after them as long as you've built that trust and loyalty with them. Now, when you start to look at your business as it grows, you want to become more automated in how you provide your services. So if you start to put systems in place, ideally to get rid of all the things that are repetitive, so all the repetitive tasks you want to get rid of and automate them. Now, when you start to automate, and you start to scale, you and you've got different types of customers that you're dealing with, you may not have the capacity to be able to give that one-to-one service like you used to. And in those kind of cases, you, you know, lo- lots of things can happen. You can end up charging more for your time. You can just create different types of packages and, um, and just work in a different way. Now, the tricky situation happens when you've already got existing customers who are used to working with you in a particular way. And if you try to introduce something new into the mix, they feel uncomfortable because it's not what they're used to because they've been trained to work with you in a particular way because of your dealings with them. However, with new customers, this is not the case because they've not had that interaction with you. So any kind of new processes you put into place, ideally should be put into place with newer, it's, it's something that you can do with your newer customers without it causing any kind of um, drag or delay on your services. So this is all about managing expectations, right? So the way you interact with people actually trains and teaches them on how to interact back with you. So if you do something like if you if they text you on the weekend, for example, and you reply back, you're kind of telling them subconsciously that it's okay to communicate with you on the weekend. And it may not be the case. Or you reply back at really odd times. You reply back to an email at a particular time and they get in touch with you or they want a phone call and they uh, kind of impede on your time, as they say. 
whatever you do, how you interact and behave with your customers is a form of training and education on how they can interact with you. So if you find yourself in a situation where that isn't working and it's not serving you to help serve them better, then ideally what you want to do is actually create some parameters in how you work and deal with your customers. Because if you can set those parameters and you stick by those parameters, then it kind of trains them to you know, act and behave in a particular way. And it keeps everything sweet because the expectation gets managed. So for example, they might message you on a Saturday and if you don't work on a Saturday, then don't reply back to them. Um, and you know, and just follow up with them on Monday. You have to look at the situation as well. Is it really urgent? You know, um, is it really is, is it business critical that they've got in touch with? If it's not, then you know they should have the respect to not take up your time. And in order for you to kind of you know make sure you're looking after them, you make sure you do follow up with them. So what happens is when you start to then work in a particular way, when you want to work with more people. You have to put automations in place. You have to put systems in place that can help deal with that. And at the same time, it becomes a bit of a balancing task because now, whereas in the past you had time to speak to your customers' clients on a one-to-one basis, you may not be able to provide that time to them. Some customers like that. Some customers would rather interact with you, have that conversation, feel nurtured and looked after because that's their expectation on customer service. And for some people providing kind of automated fixed responses works as well because they could just follow instructions and I suppose what actually ends up happening is that you're going to have different personality types that um, of customers that you work with and deal with on a daily basis it helps to know personality types so you can see what type of customer you're dealing with and what would be the best way to interact with this person let's say you have a customer who is uh, quite in detail, wants detail, wants your time and attention and you find yourself having to do more work and extra work around these kind of things, then you know that that person needs that one-to-one help and support. But what I'm trying to say here is that once you kind of identify the different types of personalities that you're dealing with, different types of customers and the the different ways that they interact, it's going to require you to then think about the way you work and come up with solutions where you know, you might want to do a care plan, for example, or a monthly maintenance plan or some sort, which you know as a basis will cover most of the things that you need done in that particular package. And then, you know, with new customers, sell them that package, sell them that customer care plan and work on it, help customers out, get a few testimonials. And when you have done that, then you can take that and approach your older existing customers and say to them, look, we've got a better way of working. It's a care plan that we have, for example, and all of our new customers are on it. They're giving us great feedback and it's allowed us to help them better. And it's something that I want to do with yourself as well and help you. So it's a recommendation that you actually come on to our care plan. So when the customer is informed and educated on the new way you work and it's a proven way and it's proven uh, proven to work with your existing customers, then making that transition just it helps them Um, not feel as if you're not looking after them anymore. Then it's also a good thing to think about your customers, your existing customers, your loyal customers, and ask yourself, does it, is it really going to be, you know, is it really going to be that bad for you to actually get back to them and have that conversation and speak to them and put their mind at ease? Does that really, is that something that, you know, is such a hard thing to do? 
because we live in the digital space, a lot of people prefer to just not even have that human interaction. But the more we're getting into the digital space, the more people are actually craving that one-to-one interaction or just the ability to get on the phone and chat to someone and have a conversation with them. And if this is something that you can do or even delegate out to customer care service teams, then that's something that should be looked at, looked at. Most of the time, people, if they looked after, they know you're going to be there and support them, they'll stick with you. They've got no reason to go to anybody else. So it's really, you know, we all make mistakes. We all get busy. But at the same time, if we're then trying our best to improve our systems and flows and actually connect with our customers in a better way, and even to some degree keeping them in the loop as to what's going on, because if you're open and honest with your clients, then it's only going to just strengthen that relationship and that respect they have, that loyalty and trust that's created. One of the things I say to customers is that it's really good to kind of map out your current flow process, the way you interact with your customers and that's working. And once you've mapped that out, then to basically look at systems and software that can support you in delivering that service. Like so, for example, you know, a lot of, a lot of people still don't have invoicing software invoicing systems or a way to keep their customers in one place or to the ability to raise invoices or even take payment and a lot of people are still conditioned to make bank transfers which is fine um, but there are other ways of taking money from your customers and clients such as paypal stripe or other payment gateways and being having the ability to integrate these into systems which you can use so you use the machine basically um the, the systems to support your human interactions is one of the key things that you could be doing. So map out your process, the way you interact with your customers and clients, and then see what systems are needed to help you automate those processes. I remember when we, when I first um, came across some software that helped um, web design agencies manage their customers and clients. It was a godsend. This software allowed me to keep a record a database of my customers create all my packages um, the ability to take credit card payments support desk all in one system which allowed me to manage my customers if I hadn't had that system I probably would have burned out by now (laughs) so it's always good to see how you flow in your business and then look for systems that can support that In some cases, you might want to even get some custom software built and designed, which can be useful. But most of the time these days, there are already softwares that you can get, which can support that. Like, for example, we've got a project called um, salesmasterhub.com, which is uh, a software which allows you to schedule appointments. uh, So customers can go online, make a booking, you could take payments for the booking. You can create invoices. You could take payments for other things. You could schedule events or um, workshops and then raise invoices, have a centralized database for your clients. You can do email marketing off the back of this. So you have a CRM, a customer relationship management system, which allows you to interact with your, with your customers and helps you reduce any admin issues that you may have. So you have to look at how the systems can be used to support your business. And there's many different systems available. And I suppose one of the other things that happens is that people get confused with the technology because there's so many systems available. People are not always sure what they should be using. And in those situations and scenarios, it's always good to chat to someone who knows what they're talking about. 
you know, get in touch with the strategists such as myself and, you know, ask those questions um, so that they can help you get clarity on how you can actually use your systems online to support your business. Because these days, a lot of businesses are online, though they do have an online presence. And it's an easy way to be able to take payments from your customers. A lot of people, you know, manually create an invoice, they send it out, and then they wait around for the payment to come through. Um, we we even get it sometimes. We get customers who have done a, a manual payment outside of our system, and then um, they've not informed us or we haven't looked because we haven't noticed that the payments come in or something, and their hosting service may stop, for example, might be suspended, and then they ask us what's going on, they've made the payment. And in those cases, we have to get back in touch with them and then manually update the system once we know that the payments come into the, into the bank. However, if they'd gone through the system in the first place and um, followed the online method, then the whole system would have been automated and the payment would have just gone through and there would have been no disruption in service. So you get those kind of situation scenarios happening as well. Um, sometimes it's just the way people flow and it's good to educate them to let them know that actually if you want to be efficient, this is the better way to do it. And then tell them and show them if you can and get them on board. So it's a bit of a thin line. It's a bit of a balancing act because, um, you know, when you're doing things manually, you kind of know where things are. You can, you've got a, a, a habit of how you work, but you may not be efficient. And then when you get systems in place, you become efficient, but then you may scale and take on more customers, uh, in which case you can't provide some of the services that you used to unless they're on more of a premium package with you. So it's a bit of a balancing act and it's every business goes through some sort of growth and um, communication issues with clients and customers. But it's always good to, you know, see what that is and start to improve on your flows and efficiency, even to the degree of getting in touch with your customer and asking them, say, look, we haven't spoken in a while. I wanted to touch base with you. Uh, Let me know you know, what we can help you with. Let me know what seems to be working and what not, what's not working. How can we improve our services? And just have that humility cap on and, you know, be le- ready to listen to the feedback that customers give to you because your loyal customers, your the people that have been with you the longest are the ones that are probably going to stay with you the longest and spend more over time as well. And it's not about the quick sales or anything like that. You're, you know, there's longevity in, in how uh, your customer life cycle uh, is there to support and the different services that you can provide and build those relationships over time. And that only happens if you keep in touch with your customers and, and interact with them. You know, we're fortunate in, in one of our businesses, fortunate to still have my very first customer with us. I'm still doing work with us because, you know, we've been loyal. We've got that trust factor going on. We've kept in touch with them. We speak to them. And um, it just means that they know we're there if they even need the support. So it's very good to keep that connection going, even in this digital world. It's so easy to text people, WhatsApp people, email people. Uh, but every now and then it's good to get on the phone and it's even better to, you know, offline, get in touch, have a tea and a coffee, have that eyeball to eyeball conversation and that full body communication going on because that will give you so much more feedback as to the real depth of what's going on because your customers can give you a lot of information Sometimes they don't say anything. Sometimes they just stay quiet because they think, oh, this, they're, they're really busy now, so I might not be able to chat to them. But if you make the effort and you connect with them and you share what's going on, build that relationship. There's no way that they're not going to be able to help and support you in return. 
because they're business owners they understand the kind of issues involved they go through these situation scenarios themselves so it would be unrealistic for them to think that you don't have these issues or problems in your business as well so it's good to have a kind of um holistic approach to this and look at it in in two ways help them ask them for help it's not a problem the main thing is about connecting so yeah so look at your systems look at what you're doing look at your flow processes see how you can get systems to support your flow process and you know do what you can to have that human interaction with your customers and clients in many ways as you can I hope that has been useful and it's been interesting doing this podcast on this new equipment and I'm going to listen back to this as well and just to hear what it sounds like hope you guys have enjoyed it and uh, yeah if you got any questions get in touch and I'll see you on the next one Oops I am um, pressed the wrong button and because uh, this, this this new equipment allows me to have all these funky sound effects and I pressed the laughter one. <laughs> oh, actually that was a bit of fun. Thank you for listening to the Digital Report podcast. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about what I'm up to, then make your way over to www.digital-report.com where you can find out how to turn your skills and knowledge into a profitable authority business online. 